Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Felton. Yes. Raymond Felton right back. Seconds. Felton for What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam Dracula. With me is Raymond Felton. Raymond, how are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, we are getting closer to the trade deadline. We're less than a month away now, unbelievably, now that the new year is here. And we're starting to see names pop up. Uh, Hornets names. Shamsharania made a video talking about Jalen McDaniels potentially going to the Suns in a three-team. There's some stuff about P.J. Washington that other teams are kind of circling around the Hornets right now for good reason. The Hornets are 11-31 and 31 at the moment, 15th in the East, 29th in the league, 3-7 and seven last 10 games. So it's, we're going to talk in this episode, we're going to talk about the trade deadline and uh, what goes through players' minds as you kind of get to this part of the year um, with hearing your name, basically, on, on your phone all the time, especially these days, right? So we'll get into that. Um, LaMelo Ball, we're going to talk about him, the, the, the blowout in Milwaukee, and just the overall state of things in Charlotte. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. The NBA season is rolling on, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's football, basketball, hockey, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. B L E A V believe to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Raymond. So uh, we are less than a month away from the trade deadline. Trade deadline is February 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's this? What's this period like for players? You know, like if if you if, if there's players that are you know maybe one out, but largely you're going about your business and you hear or see or read. Hey, this team is looking at you. What is, what is that like? What goes through your mind as a player? <clears throat> you can look at it numerous ways. It could be nerve-wracking that you don't want to leave a city. You're comfortable there. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on in the city. You know, it's it's basically home for you at that moment. <clears throat> so that could be one reason. One reason, you know, another another way you can look at it is you know, I'm 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 a valuable player, and teams are asking about me. They wanted me, so you know that's that's a good thing. Especially if you're a guy that's going into free agency, and you're hearing all these teams, you know, trying to get you, you know, trying to put you up for a trade. I mean, you you can look at it in a positive way instead of instead of a negative all the time because you know you you could be a player that nobody wants, nobody's talking about, nobody's trying to trade for. Or you could be a guy that, you know, on the but on the flip side, you could be a person that's not playing up to level and they're trying to get rid of you. So, you know, it just depends on who who you are as a player and what you're doing at that time as a player. And you know, if you're stinking it up or if you know if you're balling, that means that <clears throat> somebody's trying to get you to better their team. So that's a good thing. 
you know, especially if you're on a team, you know, like Charlotte right now who's struggling um, and they're trying to get you off this team, that means that either that you're an asset, they feel like they can use you, and Charlotte really ain't going to make the playoffs this year the way it looks. So, you know, I mean, you can look at it in a positive way rather than, oh, man, they don't want me. You know, I don't think it's really that. You know, I think everybody, you know, have mutual relationships and understand that this year we're not going to be able to make it or this summer I'm not I'm not going to be able to pay this kid. So let me try to get a trade and get somebody else in here that maybe I can use next year knowing that I can't sign him back. So it's a lot of variables that you can have that goes into trades and, you know, during that time, man. But it's it's definitely a, ner- a nerve-wracking time. You know, because you could be a person they don't talk about at all, and all of a sudden <laughs> you get traded. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I've been on that end of the stick, you know, just a person who's never named been, never spoken in a trade, nothing, never heard, and then all of a sudden, last minute, I'm thrown in there, boom, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I get I get that part of it, too. So, it's no wrecking, though, You just because you just never know. You never know. Yeah, and, you know, so Jalen McDaniels, like I mentioned at the top, is, is the guy we're kind of talking about here with the Hornets. Um, and as a fan, it's great. Like, I'm really happy that, like, national media is paying attention to him. Because Hornets fans, you watch him, you've seen him develop as a second-round pick over the last four years, you mm-hmm. know, get better every year. His effort has always been there. He's been, improved the jumper. He's improved his defense. With his frame, like, oh, man, this guy could be, like, he, he fits exactly what you're looking for in an NBA rotation in 2023 and beyond. And so Hornets fans were very aware of Jalen McDaniels. So seeing some like national attention on him, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, yo, he's our guy. What are you doing? But there's the other end of it is like that. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting the attention because he deserves it. He's put in the work. Uh, he's a real testament to the team's, the franchise's developmental system. Him, him and Cody Martin, both second round picks in the same class. Like they, those guys have gone through the ranks. You know, they've been through it all. The Greensboro back and forth between them and Greensboro and Charlotte got their opportunity in the rotation and making the most of it. So it's uh it's really it's really cool. Um, I'm as a fan, I'm like I, I want him to stay, but also like half of me is like, all right, listen, man, go get your money and go play in big games. Like I want to see what Jalen McDaniels looks like in the playoffs. And sadly, it doesn't look like it's gonna happen here in Charlotte. And I share that same sentiment with Mason Plumlee and Kelly Oubre, also unrestricted free agents this summer. Mason Plumlee has been playing out of his mind uh, the last like few weeks or so. Like I've been really impressed by him. He's really stepped it up. And part of me again is like, is, is he on, on audition mode here? Like, <laughs> maybe. And he is, he's yeah. in the contract here. So it's either like that end of it or the trade end of it. But uh, both. It that, that contract, yeah, both, go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> both. No, for real though, because at the end of the day, you know, like knowing that you on a, he's on a young team and knowing that they're not going to make the playoffs, he's a guy that's been in the league for a while. He's a guy that, you know, that you can use to play in big games. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's pretty solid as a center. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He can pass the ball. He can push the ball up the floor. He rebound well. You know, he he doesn't score like that, but at the same time, he can finish around the rim. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He can finish passes up in the basket. He got a nice little floater in the lane. Like like you said, he's really playing right now great basketball. So some of these playoff teams is definitely looking at him to make their team better going, going forward in the second half of the season. So – you know, yeah, there's definitely audition for that and for that new contract. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it's wild too because you know when he first it's the second year in Charlotte, first year it was it was it was a tragedy from the free throw line, right? Like shooting right handed, he just like enough is enough, and he had enough like pride to, to like he like swallowed his pride and switched hands to the point to today where he's taking free throw line jumpers with his left hand, like that's insane. So salute to Mason Plumley for you know like 
being self-critical and, and buying in to, uh, to, a, to a weakness. You know, he's not going to stretch the floor. Don't get me wrong, right? I kind of joke on Twitter talking about stretch plumbly. Like, it's a while. We're not there. <laughs> We're not there. But he's, a, he's, he's willing to do it. And if he can draw a guy in, creates opportunities for someone else to score. So, yeah, Plumley, Oubre, uh, PJ, restricted free agent this summer. Um, I can see the Hornets moving him, you know. I don't know if they want to get him and play the restricted free agent game, but he's a guy that I could see teams because of his contract. His contract number this year is, is low. He's on a rookie deal. Last year was a rookie deal. So, you know, he's a guy that could get moved as well. I, I have a hard time seeing Gordon Hayward getting traded uh, just because of the injuries and the contract. He, he mm-hmm. looks more like a, a next year type of thing because once that next year is, a, is the last year of his deal, and that's a $30 mm-hmm. million dollar expiring contract. That, mm-hmm. that's a, that, that becomes a, a really, like, big bargaining chip. Like, if the Hornets really want to – if they want to trade for uh, someone of significance who's on a big contract, they can use that Hayward contract to get it done, right, mm-hmm. or get involved in a multi-team deal. But, like, I don't, I don't see them moving Terry. So, I really – if anyone gets dealt, I think it's some combination of Oubre, Plumlee, McDaniels, or PJ. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mitch Kupchak doesn't really do – in-season trades, but last couple of years he has. So we'll see if he get the continued trend, the trend continues or not. But this team right now, three and seven last 10 games, um, it's a wild team. It's a weird team. It's a weird year for the Hornets. Um, it's only right that they have this incredible performance against Milwaukee just out of nowhere for like seemingly no reason. Like they would always play well against Milwaukee for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, one thirty-eight, one hundred nine. They had a fifty-one point first quarter, just insanity. They took a they took one hundred two shots that game. <laughs> That's a lot of buckets. <laughs> a whole lot. They lead the league in shot attempts per game, anyway. And against Milwaukee, they they there were fifty-three of one hundred two. Like everything was going. <laughs> it was crazy what they were doing. Uh, Terry Rozier with the performance of the season, uh, thirty-nine points on a. Uh, 15 to 29 shooting. He had six threes. Like, he, he, Terry was incredible all game. Like, and then everybody, our guy Mason Plumlee, 17 and 15 against a team with Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis. Like, he wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't OKC out there in the front court. Like, Plumlee delivered in a big way against a big team in Milwaukee. But unfortunately, the flip side of it is, you know, they lose to Indiana, they lose to Toronto, they play Toronto tonight as we're recording this. So you're gonna have it like this the, with this team. You're gonna have the the dips and the and the values or the the highs and the lows. I guess better way of saying mm-hmm. it. Uh, how do how do you, if you're if you're on the team? How do you like maintain focus during during the stretch? Because you got Toronto tonight, you got Boston, Boston, and then you got Houston away uh, next week. It's hard, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's hard. You have to, but you still have to, you know, come out and play each and every game. No matter what, you know, and that's the that's what I love to see about Terry Rozier. You know, no matter what, he's out there giving it everything he got. So when I see him have a big performance, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Because I love his his grit, his heart. I love the way he plays. Um, but uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I've been on the end of the stick, like I said, in Charlotte, too, when he was the Bobcats. You know, my first four years, you know, we was just – we was losing. We was getting our behind kicked, but we played hard, and you know we 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 built we built that fan base back. You know, what I'm saying by playing hard, because even when we lost games, even having losing records, you know, you know it was we was a bitch to play against. Everybody knew that when they played against Charlotte, you was gonna be in a scrappy game. 
you know, but we just, you know, just couldn't figure out how to win games during that time. But as time went on, you know, we was able to build that fan base back, get basketball back exciting in Charlotte. And then by the time we made the playoffs, it was it was it was crazy again. You know, it was it was back, it was back wild in that arena. So um the fan base there is amazing. So I just hope those guys don't don't lose it. Don't lose the fan base, you know what I'm saying, with with the losing part of, of it. But uh I will tell the Charlotte fans, like you you got some you got some exciting young guys there and um just give them some time. You know, there's a lot of injuries. You got a big loss to a very, very important young fella, you know, that has some off the court stuff that kind of stopped him from playing this year. So, you know, when you come in the season missing one of your one of your top horses, you know, that kind of hurts. You know, that kind of puts you in the back burner of trying to figure out things, trying to figure out who's going to step up, who's going to fulfill that, that role. And I don't think nobody ever did this year. Nobody nobody ever filled the role of what Bridges bought, bought to the team, you know what I'm saying, last year. So that was a big hit. And I think you got to take that into consideration as well. So uh, with that being said, those young guys got to continue to just keep getting better, keep getting reps. You know, and I hate to say it like this, but just kind of just play for play for the next season in a sense. Like just get better now, knowing that next year we're gonna have to we plan for something much bigger. You know, so that I think they just gotta give this time to let let like Williams play, you know what I'm saying? Like some of these young guys, Nick Richards, like some of these guys play that usually not getting these minutes. Just let them play, let them get that, get that bump, let them get used to playing against NBA basketball players and just and just kind of just go from there. I really think that's what should happen at this point, this second half of the season. Because we all know that it's going to be tough at this point to try to make the playoffs. Unless they just go off for like 30 straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go by 20 games straight or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Then, all right, here we go. We back We back in the hunt now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all know that's tough. But it's, 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 it's doable. I've seen teams go like one or two games lost in a, in a month. And if they pull off something like that, then, you know, you got to say they're back in the playoff hunt then. Yeah, because the Bulls have 19 wins. They're 10 seed right now. Charlotte has 11. So, like, you know, there's we're, we're, the Hornets are, have crossed over to the second half of the year. Uh, game mm-hmm. 42 was last night. Two nights ago? I don't know, man. The, the game against mm-hmm. Toronto, whenever that was. Uh, that was game 42. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know. I'm I'm here as a Hornets fan. I'm like already just like let's just play for next year. Play the kids. Let's see what we got. Let's mm-hmm. some, let them build some chemistry. Let them work on some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like let's like I don't know. Like if uh if like Lamelo's like I want to work on a post fadeaway. All right, just do it. Just like work on it. Or figure it out. You know, um and just see what we got going into next season. Because the Hornets, I think, should knock on wood, should get a top five pick out of this at, at the very least. If they man, if they don't get a top five pick after all this, I'll be so mad. <laughs> I'll be as a fan, I'll be so upset. They uh, should for sure. You never, but you never know how the lottery ball is gonna gonna fall. But man, um, real quick, one quick programming note: uh, the January twenty sixth game against the Chicago Bulls uh, will be on Valley Sports. It's, it, it got dropped by TNT. The second time it happened this year, I think the other game was ESPN. Um, it's meant to be. Lonzo versus Lamelo. Obviously, Lonzo's hurt, uh, and Lamelo was hurt too. Uh, at that at that time, Lamelo's back. Lonzo's still not available. So, yeah, uh, that game is going to be on the you know, regional sports network. So, uh, that's unfortunate. 
that they're not gonna be on TNT, but it's understandable as well. <laughs> the um and even like I don't know, like the their record on TNT hasn't been the best either. But hey, at the very least you got Eric Collins and Del Curry. That's more of them. You can't go wrong there. Which by the way, Dell's back. Uh Dell uh I think was out with health on health and safety protocols. And so uh Matt Carroll has been calling games. Um MC. And he's He's great. Like I, I'm, I like it. I'm not trying to get Del Curry out of here at all, but I, I enjoyed listening to Matt Carroll. Um, so I don't know what he's doing right now. Otherwise, but I hope he continues to call games someplace, somewhere, because I enjoyed it. I like this call. Me and MC, that's my guy right there. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay. So one, one other thing I wanted to get into with you about is with Lamelo Ball. I would just your point of view as a as a point guard. Okay, because Lamelo this year missed a lot of time and when he's been back which you know injuries have happened not his fault but when mm-hmm. he's been back and healthy he's uh disqualified himself four times he fouled out four times this year he fouled out five times last year um he's regularly like it seems like every other game he's in foul trouble uh he fouled out shooting a three the other night you know um kicking his leg up yeah yeah and you know Refs are going to miss stuff. It happens. Mm-hmm. But you, well, you can't compound it with mistakes because there's no cushion there. Like if you're mm-hmm. making mistakes and then, a, and then a ref makes a call, that's, that's misses a call, makes a call that's wrong or whatever, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to accumulate and you're going to get out of the game. And mm-hmm. Hornets need him around. So what, what would you say to him about his um, – the, his foul rate, let's say. Because, for instance, just for context, for everyone listening, um, la- his rookie year, his rookie year, he was averaging um, 2.7 fouls per game. Now, it's 51 games. He was coming off the bench for the first part of the year. You know, tw- that's, that's under 30 minutes, 28 minutes per game. Second year in the league, all-star season, he was on 3.2 fouls per game. And that was amongst, I think, uh, like top eight in the league, I think. And he's just a bunch of a bunch with a bunch of other uh, forwards and centers. He was like the only guard in the, like the top ten in fouls per game. And then this season, uh, his third year, he's he's three point five. So he's around two point seven, three point two, three point five. There's there's a lot of basketball left for him to fix it. But I, from a fan, like I I need we need the Hornets need him on the floor. So what would you say to mm-hmm. him about his his fouling? Um, one thing I would say is work on. Work on defense, you know, work on your your lateral work, work on, you know, picking angles when guys are driving to the basket on you. The main thing though, I think his is he's he's good, he's long and he's good at anticipating and stealing the basketball. So he gets a lot of his fouls off trying to get steals, trying to reach in at times where he shouldn't. And, you know, he just has to pick and choose his his times when when he do that and not do it so much. You know, you got to be more sound on defense rather than trying to go for a steal all the time. And sometimes they get you in a lot of trouble. So that's what I would say to him if I was uh, if I was coaching him in the sense of just be more sound. You know, pick and choose your your times when you're going to, you try to go steal the ball. You know, I know that's one of the things that you that you're good at. You're good at anticipating. You know, and good getting in passing lanes and getting steals, um, even when people drive into the basket. But at the same time, like you know, let's be honest here. You know, ain't nobody just picking picking people pockets 
out here in the game anymore. You know, everybody can dribble the ball. Even even bigs mm-hmm. can handle the ball nowadays. So let's just be more sound on defense because we need you on the court rather than you sitting on this bench in foul trouble or sitting on this bench fouled out. So that's what I would say to him. Like, just be more sound on defense. Use your length. Use your long arms, you know, to get more deflections and different things like that. You don't have to always get the steal. Sometimes deflecting the ball helps and somebody else might get the steal. So what? But, you know, you you still get some of the credit from the deflections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, his, his his ability to kind of like elevate. If you try to throw the ball over him, he's like excellent at at elevating, using his reach to get that mm-hmm. ball. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't want him to lose that part of his game. But like you mentioned, yeah, just it just has to has to be a balance to it, right? And because uh, eight, he's played eighteen games, not killing the kids. Like he has plenty of time. He's twenty one years old. He'll figure it out eventually. But it's it's part of the overall theme of the season for me. Just the idea of availability. Guy's been hurt. And then guys are not available if they're in foul trouble. You're not going to win games if you're not on the court, right? True. So it, it all it all factors into that. Um, on the other side, as well with him, his 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 ability getting to the free throw line has dropped as well, right? So rookie year, three point two free throw attempts per game. Second year, three point two field uh, free throw attempts per game. This year, two point sorry two point seven. So he's gone from three point two, three point two to two point seven. He's not getting to the line um, as often as he should, or in my opinion, as often as a leading point guard should. Like guys like Benedict Matherin, like rookies, are getting to the line six times a game. Like I would like to see him get to the line at least four or five times per game just to control the pace a little bit because this team has only one way to win. It's fast. It's shots. If those shots aren't falling, they're not winning. And that other gear, that slower gear, I think is super important, especially when, when you have games where the t- other team's not going to let you run. So with the, with the free throw attempts, is that is that a big deal? Not a big deal? Somewhere in the middle ground? How would you like um, helps. quantify that when you have a, a a leading ball handler that doesn't get to the free throw line? Um, that's part of the game. You get to the free throw line. Everybody knows that. And your your main guard, the guy who has the ball in his hand most of the time, he definitely has to be somebody who gets to the free throw line. You know what I'm saying? Just to get into that bonus. Because then that helps that helps guys like Gordon Hayward, help guys like Terry Rozier, you know your your other scores helps them get it going sometimes, getting an easy bucket, getting some free throws, you know seeing that ball going in the basket, then things gets a whole lot easier for them, you know offensively. So yeah, as the lead guard, he really has to be more aggressive. And I think with him, what I've been seeing since he's been back, he takes a lot of jump shots. I don't know if it's because of the ankle injury, you know he's being a little bit more timid going to the rim, being more aggressive going to the basket, you know, because it is a lot of, a lot of you know, people jumping and stepping down on your leg and your foot or you coming down on somebody's foot and twisting your ankle. You know, maybe that's maybe that's a lot of it. Maybe that's the reason why he's not as aggressive as he used to be because of that injury, you know, because what I've been seeing is him really selling for a lot of jump shots. So, you know, I think that's a lot of the reason why his – Free throw number is down too. He's taking more jump shots rather than he was being more aggressive, getting to the rim. You know those first two years. Yeah, he's he's, he's shooting a lot of threes, 11, 11 threes per game, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because he's making a lot of them. Like he's he's thirty eight percent from three on eleven attempts. Like that's fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Fair play. Like not mad at it at all. But it's just that other end when things get slow, it's like what well, the Hornets. 
they're not really able to 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 stay in games when the pace slows. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so again, I said this earlier, but yeah, eighteen games in the season. I'm sure he'll it'll balance out as the season goes, but it's something to watch out for. And it's also something they made it a point to talk about going into the season. Like Steve Clifford talked about how they brought in a, a retired referee to talk to the, to work with Lamelo about fouls and like winning foul calls and 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 stopping committing fouls. So <clears throat> that was one of the storylines going into the year. <clears throat> wow, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll take a drink. Mm. Um, and right. we haven't really seen the uh, any real change. If anything, it's gotten worse. But again, it's a weird year. Guys are, haven't been around. And uh, LaMelo has missed a lot of times. So it's kind of getting into the face. Like, it really, yeah. like it's just, for him, it's like the second month of the season, pretty much. Yeah, some of these referees, these, especially some of these new referees, is awful. You know, I got a lot of respect for a lot of these referees, man. A lot of them that's in it, that's still still refereeing now that that was refereeing when I was playing before I was playing. I'm not really necessarily talking about them. You know, I got respect for those guys. I've got respect for what they've done for basketball as well. But by all means, like I don't need nobody taking this in a negative way. Like, oh, Ravens talking junk about the referees. Nah, some of these new referees suck, <laughs> and it's just that simple. I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah. They suck. It's bad, and it just don't make any sense. Some of the calls they be making, like giving people technicals for for talking, for yelling at yelling at their teammates, or yeah. getting mad about something, like, and you give them a tip, slapping the stanchion, like, it gets attacked. Like you get mad about yourself, you missed a shot, you like, hey man, come on, mm-hmm. and they give you a tip. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm not even talking to you, and you giving me a technical. Like I'm I'm losing money, and I'm getting a tip. Like. That's not right, man. Like, and I, I think the league need to clean it up. They need to have another meeting or something with the referees or whatever they need to do, especially these new ones that's coming in, because they're coming in with an agenda trying to make a name for themselves, but they making a name for themselves in the wrong way. Yeah. Like, like make a name for yourself by being fair and, and calling the game the right way instead of trying to be some tough ass. Yeah, that shit ain't flying with us. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you'll be out here before we are. Trust me. You know, let's just be real. So, you know, I hate to be cocky or sound cocky, but let's go. The game is about the players. It ain't about you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just come in and just referee the game the right way and stop trying to be so tough. Because one thing I hate is when I'm trying to talk to a referee and they just, like, being, like, real snobby and being ass. There's a lot. I've seen a lot of that, too. Guys trying to talk to them and they, like, shushing them off and walking away from them and stuff. And I get it. Sometimes we can say some disrespectful stuff to them. <laughs> when we get mad and in the moment, <laughs> I get it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, apologies for that, you know, when when we get out of get out of hand. But at the same time, sometimes we have a reason to get out of hand because it, it, it's been bad. When I've been watching, man, it's been bad that time. Some of these calls that's been made. Yeah, um, I think it was in Toronto where <clears throat> the, the previous game against Indiana, LaMelo got a technical for slapping the stanchion. Like he Took a took a hard like fall, right by the right by the on the baseline and just hit the padding. Got a tech, and then the next game, he hits the hits the floor against uh Toronto and is about to slap the floor, but like stops. <laughs> like he, he had a he had a like stop his hand from touching the floor because if he did, he probably would have got a technical for it. Like it's it's that's that's I I don't like that at all. Even even just like this, like I'm waving my hand at a referee right now. That gets you a technical. Slapping the uh, just like hitting your hand on the uh, scores table gets you a tag. It's weird. 
I don't get it. I don't get how that benefits anything. It doesn't because it's just taking the emotion out of the game. That's normal. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't take away my passion of this of playing this game. If I'm mad about something, if I'm mad about a call, mad about a missed shot, I'm mad because this person is you know just fouled the shit out of me on this fast break layup, and I just got knocked into the to the to the back of the extension. Like, don't don't get mad because I hit the padding after that. Even if you call the foul, like I'm still mad that this person just knocked the shit out of me. Like, mm-hmm. don't give me no technical after that. Like, it's okay. Let me burn off this thing rather than, <laughs> you know, do it in another way. And then I end up getting a tech for real, get thrown out the game. Like, you know, I, I just certain stuff like that, man, that they just, just need to relax. Like, stop trying to make the game so nice. It's not nice. Nobody yeah. wants to see nice basketball. Like <laughs> nobody wants to see nice basketball. I want to see real basketball. Like stop trying to make the game so nice. It's crazy. Just unnecessarily slowing slowing the games down unnecessarily too. It's just come on, just let just let them out. Just let them have, let it happen. I don't, I don't care what the big deal is. If anything, give them a warning or something. Like to actually give a free throw off of that is crazy. Crazy, bro. <laughs> but hey, it's it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, so for the Hornets, they got Toronto tonight. Um, in Toronto, and then they host the Celtics Saturday, and then and Monday, and then it's pretty hit up and down the rest of the way. You got Houston, Atlanta, Utah, Phoenix. So it's a, some interesting teams. Seems the Hornets haven't seen a lot of um, with some West Coast teams tossed in there in the in the mix. So it's be interesting to see how they they respond and if they can avoid a losing streak. Because looking at outside the Houston game, that Houston game may be. A master class in tanking. I don't know. I don't know. Like get a, the, Adam Silver needs to, may have to, you know, pay attention to that one. I don't think he's mm-hmm. very much in it, very much interested in winning that basketball game. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that'll, I think that'll do it for for this week's episode. Raymond, I appreciate you as always. Yeah, no. there, thank you so much for listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online. So before the closing music plays, I just want to make a quick announcement to say that this is going to be the last episode of the Believe in Hornets podcast uh, for a while. Um, I don't know for how long, but if you've uh, if you've been following me for a while, you know, my my father passed away last year um, and I, I just need some time personally to kind of still kind of you know still feel the effects of it. So I need to take some time away. And just uh, figure some things out, you know? Um, I'm okay. I just got to focus on real life for a little bit. Um, and unfortunately, that that means stepping away from the podcast for a period of time. Could be a week. Could be a couple months. I don't know. But if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be sure to let everyone know what's going on over there. Um, but I want to I say thank you to the Believe Network for, for reaching out to me, allowing me to do a podcast with Muggsy Bogues and Raymond Felton, like that's insane. Like to have uh, a podcast, having weekly Zoom meetings with Muggsy Bogues and Raymond Felton, like it's unbelievable, like truly unbelievable. I can't believe I had a chance to do that. And so thank you so much to everyone over at Believe for making that happen. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast because it's been a joy to do every single week, uh, despite how good or bad (laughs) the Hornets have been playing uh, during this time. But yeah, listen, thank you. I don't want to ramble off too much. This is the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to play the music in a second. But again, thank you so much. Honestly, so, so much. The support for the podcast has been incredible. Thank you all. But 
I'm out. Take care. Stay safe. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.